Yes. On the bridge. The, the wonderfully hilarious scene of somebody <laughs> committing suicide. Apparently suicide is funny in the 70s. Yeah, well, and then, of course, you have the thing where they, they follow him for a bit and they wonder what they're going to do and then builders decide, well, he'll resolve the situation <laughs> by just, just giving the guy a helping push. But it's also the most ineffective suicide, jumping off a small bridge into a shallow canal, <laughs> which obviously they all jump in and they all, you know, it was a bit... Well, what did you think of Bill perched on the shoulders of it's um is it Bernard, Bernard Breslau? Bernard Breslau. Breslau must be what six eight. Yeah, he's about six seven, six eight, I think. So for uh, twenty seconds, Bernard is underwater <laughs> with Bill on his shoulders. <laughs> when, when are they going to come up for air? Um, and look, we'll talk about some of the themes of that. I'm suspecting you now what they couldn't get away with today stuff. Mm. But just from a point of view of occupational health and safety. I very much doubt that they would today put two actors in a canal and, as you say, have one... Well, submerge them both, <laughs> really, and then... <laughs> I just can't see that happening. Go, go under count to 20 and then slowly walk up the bank. Uh, yes, so they, they have that suicide prevention scene and then they go back and have the conversation. Now, and, and, and then tell him that if they can't succeed in helping him get a monster, they'll throw him back in the river. <laughs> So they, they, they go back and it's it's very much 1971. There's lots of jokes about uh, Lord Snowden. Um, and the Snowden Avery, yes. Snowden Avery, um, Vice Count Lindley, who would have been about 11 at mm. that time. So obviously he probably would have had a Meccano set with which to build, <laughs> to build an Avery. But it's very, very of its time. But uh, they then get an excuse to go off and find the Loch Ness Monster. And hijinks ensue. Yes. What did we think of... Bernard Breslau, because we were probably a little bit they, critical over the last few episodes of some of the way the guest stars have... I, I actually, for me, it was actually how he was underused, because I, I would have thought if you got somebody who was a, a known person or, or a known entity, you probably, he would have been able to underpin an entire episode, I would have thought, himself. Um, whereas he actually really isn't used that much at all. I mean, he's in the scene at the start to set it up. And then obviously he's got the scene at the end where they come back. Uh, am I right in thinking this would have been the height of his carry on and all that sort of thing? Well, he would have been really well known for them. I mean, seventies. They yeah, seventies probably might have been winding, almost starting to wind down a bit yeah, by the seventies. Mid seventies, they're basically the carry on movies are basically dead. So, yeah, yeah, I think they're probably coming to the end. Perhaps, but certainly he would have been very well known for stuff that he would have done in the sixties mm. in the movies. Yes, I, I thought that um, like Richard, he is underplayed. Uh, I mean, he gives a good performance for what he's, you know, the melancholy sort of keeper wondering what he's going to do. I would have thought that they would have made much more comedic value out of his height because he's enormous. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, standing next to Graham, and Graham is the tallest of the three. Right, he towers he, over he's them. Head and sh- literally head and shoulders. And I thought, <laughs> I thought that there's a, there's a, a comedy uh, thing that they've, they've missed out. I don't know how they would have done it, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually going to disagree with you a little bit. I thought that he couldn't quite decide if he was going to play it straight or for laughs. You kind of get this sort of halfway, slightly funny voice, slightly comedic portrayal, but neither going for it nor mm. playing it straight. And I think that's the problem that a lot of the guest stars have faced. How do they play it? Mm. And you know, we might we may find that in weeks to come um, that particular performances are not pitched at where they could be. So we then get to Scotland. Bonnie Scotland. Bonnie Scotland. Um, how many of us have actually been to Scotland? Nope. No. It's just me. I've, I've been twice. I've actually been to Loch Ness twice, once as an 11-year-old and once as a 30-something-year-old. Do they do they actually write hoots on the road? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's quite funny. Scotland, 
to, to diverge a little bit, is almost two countries. And I was there, the last time I was there was when the nationalist stuff was really starting to ramp up. And the north of Scotland is actually very Scottish. There's, you know, tartans everywhere and the St Andrews flag everywhere and they really build up this whole we are Scottish, not British and all that sort of thing. You go down to Edinburgh and the difference between that and, say, York isn't actually that striking. Mm -hmm, okay. But up where Loch Ness is, there's a real feeling, and more so now than when I was there in the 90s. What's, um, what's Loch Ness like? Just, you know, is it... Tourist trap? Is it a mm. tourist trap? Well, okay, so Loch Ness itself is like hundreds of kilometres long. It's mm. a very large mm. lake. The bit where the tourist stuff is, is phenomenally touristy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they've, look, they've got, I mean, Urca Castle's nearby, which is actually genuinely quite nice to visit, and that's where all the scenic pictures of it are, and it's really quite nice. But sort of just up and across the road from that is the Loch Ness Monster Centre, which is just what you'd expect it to be. Not scientific in any way, shape, or form. A Ripley's Believe It or Not. <laughs> it's, it's one of those ones where it's got a few rooms of, like, here are the photos of alleged sightings, and here's the history of, you know, what some the, the monk back in the 13th century saw, and then lots of um, just fun for the kids, really, and, <laughs> and a gift shop, and all that sort of thing. So it is very, very tourist-trappy. But... Uh, I actually drove, the last time I was there, I drove from Inverness uh, down to Scone, sort of across the highlands. And most of that was down the length of the Loch Ness Lake, and it's absolutely extraordinary scenery. Mm. And particularly once you get out of Inverness and out of the touristy stuff, it's really quite beautiful. And I need to say, absolutely nothing like the location <laughs> where this episode <laughs> which is very obviously southern England. Yes. <laughs> um, and in fact, the first thing they have is... um. Basically, them on a fake grassy knoll against a backdrop, I think. Yes, I think so. Oh, yeah, where, they're, where they're doing their camping. Yes. Look, look, we can't fault them for it. But that said, given how many other effects in this are actually obviously quite pricey, that, that must just have been, look, we just can't afford anything more than a, a tent with a yellow backdrop behind oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Some very fake grass. That, that scene is actually, I, I find that quite funny, especially with the tartan spider. Uh, prancing but if, across but the if you notice, Graham actually stands <laughs> over <laughs> Tim and shoots the shot. Yes, well, you know, but it is it is hilarious. And Tim Brook Taylor plays that; he just goes absolutely terrified. terrified. Yeah, yeah. The, the way the, the his face and his eyes just get bigger and bigger. His head moves away. It's, it's, it's a really very good. funny scene. The audience just absolutely mm, loves really it. enjoying it. But of course, that sort of sets up the the idea that they're going to be. Having a friendly joke at the expense of Scotland, stuff like the um, uh, oh, well, they go and bag, they, bagging the haggis, the brace of haggis, and then they've got the they've got the the sporans drinking out of a yes. saucer of milk. So they, we we know what tone this is going to be as far as Scotland's concerned. It's affectionate though. It, I, I, yeah, it I was going to say I mean, I, you could go much much more harder. Oh, it's not malicious. I mean, the only probably potentially malicious bit is is where they show them as you know being extremely grasping, <laughs> I think, or careful with their money. But even that's not. No, no, no. no. no so we'll, we'll, perhaps we should move in then to the next major scene, which is in the Scottish Tourist Bureau. Yes. <laughs> with Stanley Baxter, who I must admit I didn't really know, but looking him up, he was incredibly big. He, he had you know, the Stanley Baxter Show and the Stanley Baxter Hour and the Stanley Baxter Specials. And he was a big, big name. He had a long career and he was Yes, very, he did, I believe. Yeah. I suppose very much of his time, but, you know, very popular. Yeah, so it must have been quite a you know, big deal that they had you know, somebody... I guess it would be the equivalent if you did it today of, you know, Billy Connolly was working in the... In the tourist mm, shop at that, that time. Oh, I mean, look, it's it's well done because they go in and they obviously do the you know 
better not let on that we're English tourists. <laughs> and of course, he just immediately just pinpricks, the, deflates the whole thing as yes. after they've done their little spiel. Uh, and, but, that, and that's, I think, what makes it affectionate in that they go completely over the top yes. and he just punches that yep. so perfectly. But you still get some quite funny gags like, you know, the, the, the bottle of whiskey <laughs> that's only tied. Five pounds. <laughs> That's new pounds, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, of course, they even do that joke. He sort of does the decimal conversion. He's yeah. like, we'll round it up to a thousand pounds. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. Remember? I was just going to say, that that whole scene, I think, is the highlight of the episode for me. Yeah, and this, uh, this is a point I was going to make as well. Uh, as a kid... That really didn't resonate at all. It's more the fun of the Loch Ness monster at the end, and, and the vi- and the visual stuff where they're out on the lake. Yeah, yep. that's right. But as an adult, that is just a it really, is. That's really, a great really funny scene. And I found the the bit the the bit where he's actually um, relating his experience of spotting the Loch Ness monster, and the lights go down, down and, the, <laughs> and the doom music's playing yeah. in the background. And I thought that was really effective and and funny and well, not you know amusing. It was gently amusing. I thought it was really well done. Yes. Now, there is one joke in that, which is probably the one that gets the biggest audience reaction of the whole episode, which is where he says, if you want to scare the Loch Ness Monster, show a card that says boo. Oh, that's the boo, but of course she's deaf, so you use the yes. card. Um, so, and then he shows the other side. Now, I was trying to work out who that was. It's a gentleman called Andy Stewart, who was a Scottish singer. He was, apparently, he was very big. I, I asked my mother, who would be roughly contemporary with, um, with the episode, she said, no, he was really big. He was actually very big out here, too. He had a couple of number one hits out here. Um, he's best known, I think, for a song called The Scottish Soldier. But uh, he also had a hit with a song called Donald Wears Your Trousers, uh, which, is, uh, which, which is about a, a Highlander who wears the kilt when he comes down to England. In, in, he won't back down and wear trousers. And, of course, everyone as he goes by shows, Donald, where's your trousers? Well, it's... Um... So then why is he scary for I, I, well, I'm assuming it must be the same reason they think Nicholas Parsons is okay. scary or right. Max Bygraves is scary because he's somebody incredibly well-known who... Tony Blackburn or yes. just someone yeah. that they like making fun of or okay, fair enough. whatever. But yeah, that didn't didn't quite land with that, I guess, with us because we didn't know who it was, but the audience absolutely thought it was... Thought it was funny. Yeah, and, and, and he would have been... He had, I, I think, again, he was another one who had like the Andy Stewart show. I, I think, and, and did numerous tours and, and records and whatever. So at that time, he would have been extremely well-known. Yes. Now, I'm going to make a, a little comment here. Uh, if Nessie is deaf, so you need the sign, what's the point in selling him a making call? <laughs> True. But I guess that could just be all part of the um, the tourist. Well, it is. I mean, including the camera for taking fuzzy out-of-focus pictures. pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Which, and, and that's another good thing about the episode, is it very much skewers that whole Loch Ness monster. Yes. I don't know, mythology or mm. whatever. It was really big at that time. Because you did, that was when you started to see some more of those uh, photos. And yeah. Well, I remember when I was a boy in the 70s and I, I was sort of buying books about UFOs or reading books about UFOs and, and stuff like that, the Charles Berlitz uh, stuff. Oh, yeah, and the, the unexplained... Yeah. yeah. It, it, uh, William Shatner... Uh, not William Shatner. Uh, Leonard Nimoy was doing... Oh, um, In Search Of. In Search Of and stuff like that. So I was really into mm. uh, the whole you know, UFO, uh, cryptid monsters thing, and, and the yep. Loch Ness Monster loomed very large in, yep. in that decade. Yeah, I can remember that certainly as a boy in the early 80s, mm. going to the primary school library, and there would just be heaps of those sort of things. Yeah, I, I must admit, I had the books too, and I, I think there was actually a, a quite large, well-funded expedition, I think, went to Loch Ness around, somewhere around that. There was a US one, I think. One of the universities in, in, the, in the States funded a, a quite large and... and 
uh, quite large expedition over there to, to try and solve the mystery. And of course they found nothing. Yeah. No, what a shame. Mm. Um, but Ted Danson did years later. <laughs> oh, I have seen that movie. <laughs> it's, it's okay for what it is, I suppose. Yeah. We obviously then move on to the big filmed montage scene, which... I was a bit up and down on that. Uh, again, when I was a kid, I thought that was really funny because you have, you know, the diving helmets that they're too heavy, mm. the dog's escaping from the basket and Tim just having this bottomless thing of sausages and that that he pulls out. When you're a kid, I think that's quite funny. Probably as an adult, no, you're right. It probably doesn't play quite as well. Yeah, I, would, I agree. It, it, it actually dragged on a little bit too long. I it, thought. it did actually. I, I, I also know that it went too long. And, and in fact, when you consider that the episode actually goes a full 31 minutes. Yes. Mm. So it's, it's actually over a standard you know, half-hour slot. Mm. So it wasn't as though they were desperate for... And then, of course, you go under the water. It, it does, um, but, but I, I did like the, the, the idea of the telescope they were sold, having the little... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which, again, just spending this whole... Right, and, just... of course, it shows when he spins around, because he actually belts below the back <laughs> of the head with it when he spins around. <laughs> I think part of the reason why the episode may feel like it drags... I noted this when I was watching the episode. The ad break comes in at 10 minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah it's very which early. I that's very early, and I... Maybe there was just a, a pacing reason why they did that in terms of the actual, when they get to Scotland, what do we do? Mm. But, it, yeah, it does drag for the last 20. Yeah, it whereas if, if they put it after the Tourist Bureau. Yes. And then just gone into the montage and then the Below the Lake. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But they do get up Below the Lake and this is... Well, again, they meet the Tourist Board gentlemen again. Yeah. yeah. And I don't particularly like this scene because you lose a lot of the nuance in the comedy because you can't see anyone's face no. except for Tim. Yeah. And Stanley Baxter, a part of the appeal of the character is not necessarily his voice, it's his face. The face and the big fake eyebrows he's yeah. got stuck on. Yeah, I did notice that. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, look, it's very much a scene that I guess is just to get them from where they need to be to where they to, next need to be. To, I think you're right. I think that's a scene just to set up the latter stages where they, they've obviously met the tourist guy again, they get the egg, and and now now, they're, they're and now they've decided home. this is just rubbish and we're going home. Yes, which leads to the actual Loch Ness yes, monster. monster. Yes, which look the look. prop does what it needs to do. Yes, and it's they're clearly not trying for realism. No, no. So that said, it's a very funny. Prop. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't looking at it going. This is such a bad effect. I'm looking at it going. Well, let's this face is just it. Really funny. Well, I was going to say, let's face it. We're Doctor Who fans, so I mean, you know. True, but I mean, if you you could have gone, if, if they wanted it to be realism, they could have gone for a stop motion or a model yep. or something. They've clearly just gone for a, just a really funny yes gag. I agree. I mean, they, they don't need to go for realism in this. It's not no, that sort it's, of show where you require No, realism. I don't think so. And, and the bit where it uh, turns around and eats Graham, it's quite, <laughs> that's the funny part. Yeah, it is. It's, a very, it's very funny. It's very effective. Um, I did think looking at it that suddenly isn't it a little bit too convenient that after all this time not being able to find the monster it just rocks up yeah um but again that plays into what the actual ending in conclusion is yes yes exactly uh and they then take it back and we get all the wonderful visuals of it in the back of the bike <laughs> yep and then uh bombing out to go to the <laughs> job into the gents <laughs> <laughs> They get some They get get some laughs out of that. They, yeah. Look, they do use their time outside broadcasting, mining the gags, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, then we get to the end and they tell Bernard Breslau that he can have his monster. And, again, having been about to commit suicide because he couldn't find a monster, 
He's conveniently got a Russian one they can just fly yeah. in. <laughs> Strange. Um, yes. But I guess they're in some reason to get the... Um, yes, get the van out, get the the out of the suit. Stanley Baxter back out of the suit. <laughs> and you find that it's all one big tourist trap, which, let's face it, it actually is. Yes. Yeah. Like the Loch Ness Monster, let's face it, is a tourist thing now. Mm. And it mm. probably was then, it probably always will be. Mm. Unless they find it. Uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> there won't be. No, well, I, I, even, even then, it'll be a tourist trap. Yeah, it's an interesting use of a uh, of a British trope, the Loch Ness monster. Mm. Um, mining that for humour, I think it's an interesting approach to do. I, I suppose then we need to, to then go to the end bit, where of course we're suddenly back on the bridge. Ber- Bernard Breslau <laughs> doesn't have a monster. Yes, there's, so, there's only one thing you can do, but don't worry, we'll help, help you, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very stiff upper lip, isn't it? It is. Yes. Uh, you know, when you fail, the only thing the is... only way out is honourable suicide. <laughs> yes, but but again, I mean, and I look, we'll, we'll talk about this again in a moment. But it's leavened quite some considerably by the fact that it's clearly like jumping off that bridge in that canal is clearly not fatal. No, at all. no, I mean it's it's no, it's a, it's a very narrow. It's shallow, narrow canal. Is, um, is, there, is there a risk of normalising suicide by making it funny? We'll, 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 we'll get to that. Sorry, sorry, that. sorry, sorry, that. sorry. That's all right. But and of course, the end is uh, Graham with a puppet monster sock on his But again, uh, Rob, you've made this point before. Uh, Graham Garden's penchant for physical comedy just carries that as a wonderful, wonderful ending. It does. So look, I. I laughed a lot in this episode. As I said, I loved it. I, I loved the, the visuals and the funny stuff as a kid. I kind of loved the puncturing of the tourist stuff and the Scottish stuff as an adult. This is this is up there as one of my favourite episodes, I have to say. This will probably be in my top five. Don't know if it be in my top five, but it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. Um, brought back a lot of happy memories for me. And uh, it's interesting that I've, I found the Stanley Baxter stuff now more amusing than the sort of the outside broadcast stuff, but, but I, I'm 30 odd years older so I'm not surprised so that's fair enough so to our regular segments uh, adverts yes now this is a big one it is because this is also a first it is so well, Richard what do you tell us about it well this this is of course the first time that we have our Heens Beans Beans <laughs> uh, kid <laughs> I, I did wonder again whether, uh, in terms of whether you'd get away with actually slapping him across the face now for not uh, for not getting his. But I did I did note that um, of all the ads, this is the very simple one where it's clearly just a slap. Yeah. But the audience goes absolutely mm. wild for it. This is a takeoff of a similar ad, is that it, right? It is. Yes. They were doing Heinz were doing ads where they had just ran, what was supposed to be random kids. Yep. You know, getting up and reciting a poem about how much and ultimately how much they love baked beans. Well, okay. well in fact, I've been scaring YouTube and I've uh-huh. got an example from about that period. So let's just drop that in now. I'm learning to tell like my tower. It's quite a lot of bother. I always get one end of it much longer than the other. And that makes breakfast difficult. Miss Hines baked beans, of course. Because unless I'm very careful, my tower gets in the sauce. It can be very embarrassing. Okay. Okay, so I get now why they were making that. <laughs> um, if you go on YouTube, if you search for um, basically Heinz um, ads, they are there. There's a couple more from the 80s than from the 70s, but they are kids basically dressed like Tim is, mm. giving really sappy, soppy little poems. And it's a great performance by Tim. 
I mean, yes. the Haynes Means Beans things that he does all through. How many are there? Is about seven or eight through um, the show? There's, or? I think, yeah, there's about ten. I think oh, they're yeah, broken up yeah. across a couple of seasons. Okay. There's a block in this season, and there's a block yeah. in the next season. He does it really well. Yeah, he does it really well. No, and it's good. We see the start of that. And, and these are one of the things that people remember. When you think about the yes. goodies, of course, they are. that is one of the things you remember. It is. Now, the next one, Rob, I know you enjoyed because I saw your tweet when you watched it. <laughs> Do you want to tell us? Well, it's just, it's Graham. I love Graham. And it's a telephone. And I think the telephone's ringing, is that right? Yes. And basically the line is something to the effect of, the cheapest time to phone your friends is when they're out. <laughs> <laughs> and an actual, yeah, and I love that. It's just, it's extremely simple and extremely funny. Yes. No, really, really good. That I, I very much enjoyed that. Uh, first times. Now, we've mentioned that this is the first time we have the famous Beans, Beans, Heens ad. Yep. Uh, now, is this the first real Land of Hope and Glory Well, it's speech? the first, I think, really patriotic, full-on patriotic speech he does. He does. So, full-on hits the, hits the play button. And also then mentions that he will do anything for an OBE. <laughs> yes, well, in this one, another... it's, this one, it's not so much because he's British. This one is because he wants an OBE, ultimately. <laughs> That's right. And this, look, we've had hints of it before, but I think this is really the start of that Tim Patriotic, monarchist, yep. Queen lover, wants an OBE. They've done a bit of that shtick back in, I'm sorry, I'll read that again. And I think that's kind of why the audience reacts as well as they do to it. But, yeah, no, we see that for the first time. Were there any other first times? I, I didn't have any from that episode, no. No, no, that's okay. No, that's what I picked up, yeah. All right. What couldn't they get away with today? Well, we, we touched on this. Obviously, the suicide for comedy references. Yes. We're a little bit more... Um, sensitive? Sensitive and knowing of... The cause and, of yeah, and, and certainly accepting of, I think, well, as well. If this Understanding was, of it. Yes. If this was made today, at the very end of the episode, there would be a very serious spokesperson coming on saying, if you're feeling sad about life, ring this number. Yes, if yeah. you're a failed zookeeper. Hankering yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for monsters. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, look, I, I, as, as we were saying, I think that the fact that it's just so clearly done for laughs, it's yeah. so clearly a safe job. He so clearly survives it. You know, like even after he jumps off at the end and it's meant to be his big ending, of it, you just sort of see the picture of him safely landing in the water with his hat. Like mm. it, it's not a nasty scene. No, no, not no. no but, but I think we would be a bit more tactful about it now. And I think that's just a reflection of the change in society. Mm. Now, the other thing, and this is probably going to lead on to a bit more of a topic yeah. in itself, is would they portray a Scottish stereotype in quite the same way today. I'm not sure if they would or wouldn't. I, I'm really trying to work on it. I, I think that the thing is, as we discussed earlier, it's it's not really done maliciously, I, I don't think. I mean, look, Graham himself is Scottish, as, as obviously is Stanley Baxter, but I, I didn't really get the impression watching it that this is really done to be nasty or unkind or, as I said, malicious. And, I mean, look, they do have the scene where he clearly deflates them as... You know, oh, oh, so you're English tourists. Yes. <laughs> um, so, I mean, look, I mean, we we will see more examples of, of probably some less well, well, le- less acceptable stereotyping, shall we say, as we go on. Yeah. So let, let's let's touch on that because it does become not a staple but a recurring thing. I mean, they do the Welsh, they do God forbid the Australian. 
They do, and I, I mean, there, there's also uh, well, there is. I think there's there's references also to um, to you know uh, foreign nations as well yes. out, outside um, of the UK. Even Cornish people coming from yes, a, 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 a great like those, smack. those damn Cornish. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, I mean, the, the whole thing about you know how they're being ripped off. The the three the three goodies they they, they appear to be happy to be ripped off. You know, it's not done in any malicious way, and it's yeah. You wouldn't pile it on as much today if you were going to do it that way. No, although because it's all done within a five-minute scene, effectively. Indeed, I mean, look, the stereotype. It's hard because stereotyping is a, a fundamental part of comedy in a lot of ways. I mean, look, even if you think here in Australia, I mean, for years, you know, you had uh, the classic wogs out of work, mm. which or Acropolis now, or... yeah, which which just strip mined that yeah. um, that Italian and Greek heritage. And look, um, when you've got 30 minutes, you, 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 you will go back to the stereotypes to get that instant laugh. Um, I mean, even something like the nanny, I think the point you raised, and we were talking about this beforehand with, with the, you know, New York Jew stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, look, it's certainly there, but I mean, even the nanny's getting on to 20 years. Mm. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, I talk about stuff like Acropolis Now and all that. Some of that wog boy humour, and for those who are listening in Britain, that, <laughs> is, that is the name of a. <laughs> that, that is the name of an Australian brand of humour. Yeah. Even that you don't you don't see a lot of these days, and there's a lot more pushback. I mean, recently on domestic television in Australia, we had was it Keeping Up with the Habibs? Yes. Oh yes. yeah. And that that sunk without trace, mm. and it was meant to be making friendly fun of the. Can't remember what part. Was it Lebanese? Let's go with the Lebanese. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was that that sort of thing, mm. and that that sunk without trace. Yeah. Well, probably because it was crap. <laughs> Yeah, it was, but, but I suspect that, you know, it probably wasn't doing anything that, you know, Nick Giannopoulos and all that were yeah. doing 20 no. years ago. No. I think a bit more, well, probably a bit more cosmopolitan, hence why that sunk without a trace. We're, we're looking for a bit more in our comedy than just basic yeah. stereotypes. But with the goodies, I mean, it's hard to be condemnatory to something that's 40 years ago that was yeah. thought to be funny then. And, and, and there are worse examples, I think, going forward into the show, but this particular one... Yeah, I, I think it's pretty... And I mean, let's face Very it, tight. we're not really placed to judge. Australia made Kingswood country. So, really... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think we're in any position to judge. Are you saying there's a podcast in uh, to do Kingswood country in the future? Oh, <laughs> that would mean watching it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're getting towards the end of the episode, but we do like to finish with our favourite gags. Richard, did you have a pick? I don't know so much favourite gag. I, I'm with Robert. I think the best probably five or so minutes of the episode was where they're in the tourist board. With, with Stanley Baxter. My favourite moment, I, I think, was the bit where he was talking about his encounter or, or his <laughs> encounter in inverted commas with the Loch Ness Monster. Again, just because of the whole, I drop the lights, they play the dramatic music in the background, and all of a sudden, up come the lights, and he's like, of course, I could have been mistaken. Uh, finger, <laughs> finger up the nose, I could have been mistaken. Yes. Yeah, look, I, I actually had that exact line down as my favourite, but uh, since we want to get more than one gag out of the whole thing, I'm going to nominate the cheapest time to phone your friends. As we when they're out. Yes. Because, again, that just had a wonderful, yeah. wonderful um, life from me. I, um, I agree with Richard that I think the best bit was the, the, the recounting of the tale. But the thing that stuck, that I find the most amusing is Tim's speech, his patriotic speech. I know it's sort of indirectly related to the episode, but those speeches have always stuck with me, with Tim getting up there and the, the music swelling and all that sort of thing. And he, he delivers them really well. Yes. So, for me, that's she the funniest thing. She will be there. Yes, but again, I think the best line is the cheapest time to phone your friends is when they're out. So. <laughs> okay, well, definitely an episode we all enjoyed. Next time we'll be back for episode nine, which is the Commonwealth Games. That could be a slightly more divergent discussion, shall we see? 
But until then, it's time for A Walk in the Black Forest. You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum. Yeah, through half well.